1: Locked on Vikings on the Locked on Podcast Network. It's Sam and Sage reunited on a Friday at Sam Ekstrom at Sage Rosenfels 18. Make sure to check out Locked on Falcons with Aaron Freeman for an enemy's view of this Sunday's game. Sage, uh, it's been a few days since we talked and, and I don't know if we've addressed it. Eli Manning benched in New York. Career in New York seems to be done at this point. Writing appears to be on the wall there's not a lot of former teammates I've seen that are very happy about this, having known Eli, and you're, you're in that group of guys that have played with him. How does this strike you?
0: Well, I, I think that what is rare about this instance is many times you don't see former players uh, consistently sort of uh, hating on their, you know, the, the the one of the teams they played for, in, in particular the New York Giants. You know, it's it's been said time and time again, it's a classy organization, sort of one of the original NFL teams. Uh, the Mare family, the, T- the Tish family do things right almost all the time. Uh, but you've seen, you know, Michael Strahan and Justin Tuck and Sean O'Hara uh, guys who, you know, are, are sort of legends, or at least recent legends on, on the New York Giants team, come out and be very critical of, of the organization for doing what they did. And my opinion of it is this. I understand that NFL teams are – it's all about winning. It's all about uh, trying to win now, and if things aren't going now, how, how are we going to win in the future? I mean, that is uh, sort of the mantra of teams, and um, – in this situation, uh, it's, it's one of those rare situations where I believe that they're not winning now. Uh, it's a crappy season. Things are all going to change next season. Yes, they can move on to Geno Smith or, or Davis Webb, who's the, the drafted third quarterback. But Eli Manning's been there for 210 consecutive starts. Eli Manning has won two Super Bowls. He's been the Super Bowl MVP twice. There's five games left. To me, that is a small sacrifice to make uh, to, to sort of do the right thing. Uh, no one's going to remember what happened in the next couple games unless somehow Geno Smith turns in Tom Brady, which he won't. Somehow Davis Webb turns into Carson Wentz, which he won't. But we will all remember the fact that Eli Manning, uh, his streak was broken not because of uh, an injury or something like that. It was broken because he got benched for Geno Smith.
1: And it feels like this decision's coming from a coach who's probably not going to be there in in a month. There's almost no way McAdoo survives this, right?
0: Well, I, it sounds like, well, is going to get fired. My guess is Jerry Reese is going to get fired, the general manager. For those who don't know, Jerry Reese got there in 2007. His first year they won the Super Bowl. So, uh, n- no offense to Jerry, and I like Jerry, but... You know, he really had nothing to do with that first Super Bowl. He just sort of had showed up after Ernie Corsi, uh, the previous general manager who made that big trade for Eli and had been with the Giants for a while, um, uh, had, you know, had, uh, had you know, made the draft picks and all those things, and then, you know, Jerry Reese shows up and they win the Super Bowl. So uh, a lot of those players were still on that 2011 team, which won the Super Bowl again, uh, but that roster is you know, it's really sort of continually got worse and worse, in particular the old line. That was the strength of Eli Manning back in those two two uh, years was the offensive line. Now it's a, a huge weakness on that football team. And so, yeah, I I, it's, I, I I assume McAdoo is definitely gone at the end of the year. Um, I assume a Jerry Reese gone at the end of the year. Eli Manning might be gone at the end of the year too, probably. And then the question is, you know, does he continue to play? Does he go to Jacksonville? uh reunite with Tom Coughlin. Uh and he has a team that's sort of perfectly set up for him in Jacksonville. Top ranked defense, uh great rushing attack. Uh he does he's sort of like his brother, he can just go out there and quote unquote manage the football game and, and, and get him to the playoffs definitely do better than Blake Bartle. So uh it's a very interesting uh topic of conversation for a team that only has two wins.
1: I think Denver might want another Manning as well. Denver's kind of set up without, without a quarterback. They're in flux constantly. They've gone from Simeon to Osweiler to Lynch, back to Simeon. But they've got a great defense, and they've got playmakers on offense. So that seems like an alternative as well. If I'm New York, unless you really feel like Manning is in the twilight, I don't see I see how this benefits you that much because it's not like another sport where – you know, you kind of tank down the stretch. They're not going to out-tank the Browns. They're going to have a top-five pick, but they're not going to get the number-one pick. Cleveland is not going to win two games. And if you think that you want... If you want a chance to win next year, which in the NFL, it seems like it's increasingly more possible, especially with what we've seen this year from the Rams and and the Saints and the Jaguars, you can go from from worst to first. And that line isn't that tough to cross. It feels like you want to have a good quarterback in place, which they do... Eli Manning. So I don't see the logic here. They're not going to to really benefit that much from seeing Geno Smith for five games. It's baffling.
0: Well, I think that uh, and that's what's even more baffling. It's not that um, they say, you know what? And, and the, I don't, the Giants are definitely not trying to tank. They're just not trying to do everything they can to win. I think there is a difference. They want to see what they have as backup quarterbacks. They want to see if Geno, who's you know, more athletic and run around a little bit more, maybe make the line look a little bit better. Maybe he can add a spark to try to win a couple games here at the end. Um, but really, I mean, they, they've seen what three, four years of Geno Smith as a bad quarterback for the New York Jets. Uh, it would make a lot more sense if they want to play the rookie uh, Davis mm-hmm. Webb uh, from Cal. That would make some sense uh, to bench Eli for him. Um, but uh, it's still, at the end of the day, to me, the, the NFL and, and, and a team like a Giants who has been there a long time. It's more about a marathon and not a sprint. Uh, in certain situations, you sort of have to just uh, take a loss uh, and sort of eat the fact that, you know, you're not, you're, you're uh, right now the Giants look really bad. Um, and if they would have just said, you know what, we're just going to finish season with Eli, then we're going to start over. I know it hurts us because Davis Webb or, or the other quarterbacks are not going to get any reps. But, oh, well, next year we're going to draft a quarterback probably high you know. anyway. So they, it's, just a, it's just a poorly executed situation, in my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Lockdown Podcast Network, in this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time. I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors – over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code MBA. masterclass or at least your time at home masterclass.com slash P E R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdown podcast.com slash offers that's lockdownpodcast podcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to lockdown podcast network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and a respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing.
1: Well, speaking of quarterbacks, the guy who coaches them in Minnesota, his name's Kevin Stefanski. You wrote a feature on him for TheAthletic.com, which dropped last night. I'm sure you can uh, go check that out today. That's probably toward the toward the top of the stories on The Athletic. We've talked about Stefanski on this show, and and he deserves a lot of credit for the way he's held the quarterback situation together. Not just this year, but last year when it went from Teddy to Bradford, and they got him ready in a flash. I've done some stories on Stefanski in the past. Great guy. Very smart. He's coached three or four different positions on offense. If Pat Shermer, you know, goes off and gets a head coaching offer, for instance, which I think a lot of people are buzzing about right now, do you think Stefanski could be the next in line for that job?
0: Well, I think he should have an opportunity. You know, here's a guy. Uh, Kevin's a really interesting story, and I wrote in the article, you know, I Entered that 2009 quarterback room, you know, competing with Tavares Jackson. John David Booty was also in the room. Uh, Obviously had Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator. Kevin Rogers was our quarterback's coach. And Kevin Stefanski was, you know, this young guy in the corner uh, who was really in his, you could say, first opportunity coaching. Um, The previous three seasons he had been Brad Childers is sort of a right hand—I don't want to say right hand man—but you know he did a lot of Brad's, you know, sort of dirty work. You know, if, for scheduling, for uh, for writing up uh, different things of you know organizing uh, travel, these types of things. You know, every head coach sort of has one of these these types of assistants, and Kevin was just doing really anything that needed to be done in the organization. But he always wanted to get into coaching, and uh, finally got his sort of first coaching gig as a quality control, uh, working with the quarterbacks. And uh, I think, you know, he always wanted to be a head coach. Uh, and, and in his opinion, the, the, you know, best way to do it is to understand quarterbacks first, which at some point can make you a coordinator, which at some point can make you a head coach. So he has really uh, uh, put in his time, you know, through multiple coaching staffs. After Chil- Childress left, Leslie Frazier comes in after he left. Uh, you know, obviously, this, this staff. Um, he has he has you know been there the entire time. Four different offensive coordinators, but Rick Spielman and the Wills will not let Stefanski go anywhere else. They keep giving them better jobs because he is a very good coach. And uh, you know, so he has gone from quality control, working with the quarterbacks for five years, uh, to I believe running backs and then tight ends, and now quarterbacks the last couple of years. So he, I, I think that actually helps. I think it really does help to. Uh, be able to see what the issues are from all the angles, from the running back angles, from the tight end angles, which a lot of times are offense, you're working with the offensive line. And uh, he, you would think with those different influences uh, from those different coordinators and head coaches that someday, uh, I believe that Kevin Stefanski will be a head coach uh, and before that will be an offensive coordinator somewhere.
1: Well, it does seem preferable, doesn't it, that if you do lose a coordinator in Shermer who's doing mm-hmm. a great, great job, it's logical when things are going well with the offense to hire somebody in-house who knows exactly what's been going on. Whereas if your offense has been struggling, scuffling, bottom third of the league, then maybe you inject something new from the outside. But an in-house hire would make a lot of sense with the way things are going right now.
0: That's exactly right. You don't want to change up this offense. It's, you don't realize it, but they're ranked third in the league. In uh, some some of the biggest categories, they're ranked you know one or two in a couple categories. Uh, you don't want to really change what you're doing, and um, unless somehow Shermer has you know all the magic going on and, and it's all on Shermer, which I doubt. Usually it's a mix of good old line coach, uh, you know, good coordinator, good quarterback coach, and the uh, the sort to of get it done. So yeah, the natural progression will be to at least move Kevin. Let let let's just say Shermer moves on uh, and becomes a head coach somewhere. Uh, the natural idea would be uh, to, to make you know, Kevin maybe the passing game coordinator and Tony Soprano sort of the, the running game coordinator, and then they sort of work together um, as, as to what plays are
1: called. So who do you think's the greatest threat to the Vikings in this game on Sunday? Is it the, the Coleman-Freeman running back tandem, or is it the explosive Julio Jones?
0: That's a good question. You know, Devontae Freeman's a really good player. I, people haven't been talking about this Coleman kid. When you watch him run, you you, you literally look – I literally watch the TV. I go, wow, this kid is an incredible athlete. He is big and he's strong, and he's really, really fast. He gets to the edge, and then he gets around the corner, and, and he really turns on the Jets. He, he's an incredible athlete. I get very concerned about him. Obviously, you got to stop the run first. If the Vikings struggle to stop the run at all, and they have to start bringing their safeties down to that box, you're going to have one-on-one matchup on the outside with Julio Jones, which is not a good place for any any corner to be, uh, even Xavier Rhodes.
1: It's weird that I don't even worry that much anymore about prominent wide receivers because there's such a, a strong track record of Rhodes being able to shut them down, whether he's getting safety help or not. Last time they faced Jones, obviously, they did great against him. He's coming off a huge 250-yard game. I don't know if they're going to be able to duplicate that. I mean, I feel like if one of the two is going to exploit the Vikings, it might be the running game. You know, when you look at Coleman, it's almost like he's a bigger version of Tariq Cohen, the Chicago guy, um, except he's got a little more size, a little more strength, and a little more experience, and he's really gotten in a rhythm. You know, I talked to the Lockdown Falcons host, they still think that Freeman's the better of the two backs, but Coleman is gaining a lot of ground there. So you've got a true lightning and thunder there between those two backs. I'm a little scared of the running backs, to be honest, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on uh, your defensive ends to pursue the run, your linebackers to get there, and, and uh, Eric Hendricks may not be 100%. He's got a little hip issue right now. So uh, that could really tax the Vikings in this one, and Matt Ryan, is a quarterback that's going to make you pay. Where, where do you think Ryan ranks sort of in the, the NFL quarterback power rankings?
0: I would say I'd, I'd probably put Matt Ryan in my top oh, seven or eight quarterbacks that I'd like to have is if they were my quarterbacks. You know, he was the MVP last year. He has the ability to really put up huge numbers. Um, he's athletic. but He's not a guy that's going to you know, sort of run around like an Aaron Rodgers or a Matt Stafford and, and, and really make a lot of plays from, from, you know, and from the out of the pocket. But uh, he's got a lot of great weapons are, around him. So he's a really, really good ex- executing quarterback. He's, he's accurate. His accuracy has gotten better as this year has gone on. And, uh, you know, obviously he's paid like, like a top quarterback. He's also available all the time. I, I think that after Eli gets benched this weekend, Phillip Rivers is going to have the lead. And I believe Matt Ryan is number two uh, as far as consecutive starts. Uh, he has been there. Uh, since his rookie year, uh, he plays week in and week out, uh, and he is the face of that line Falcons franchise.
1: All right, let's make some picks. You are up on me by 140 points in confidence meter standings. I feel like
0: I did really bad last week. Uh,
1: that... You missed the Saints game. You missed the Saints That's game, it was. and and you had 90 on it. So that cost you a little bit. I did take the Rams. I announced it on Friday's show, I swear. So I gained a little ground, but I still got a ways – to go we've got four picks no divisional games this weekend in the nfc north so we will start with probably the best of the bunch 49ers at bears uh, um Oof. the bears are favored by three and they're taking on jimmy garoppolo that could be interesting garoppolo came on and threw a touchdown late in that uh their last game
0: i'll go first okay. um I, I wish it was 1987 again It would have <laughs> been a great game but it's not uh, it's, it's, uh, 30 years later, 30 years later. Um, I'm going to go with the 49ers in this one. Uh, I'm going to pick the, uh, I, I, I'm guessing this is probably would be a small upset, but I, I think Garoppolo will, will do, will do very well in, uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense. And, uh, i I'll, I'll go 80% with the 49ers in this one. Why not? Ah,
1: I was hoping you'd take the Bears because that was all over Garoppolo. I was going to swipe one on you, but I also want uh, San Francisco. I want 75 on the Niners. That's new energy. That's an injection of, of some fresh blood. Maybe they get a boost from that. I'm going to put 75 on that. Then we'll go to Buccaneers at Packers. Green Bay has to win out, and it seems like every third year they're in this position, and somehow they pull it off. Granted, They had Aaron Rodgers those years. So can they win this game and keep their playoff hopes, however dim, alive?
0: Well, the Packers lost a really close one last week. I'm going to stick on uh, the the Packers here and uh, see if Brett Helmley can get another win under his belt. And and, uh, obviously, I think Tampa is slowly uh, getting worse and worse and worse, it seems like, every single week. So I'm going to go with the Packers in this one.
1: How many points? Uh... 80% 80% again okay yeah Tampa Bay is a funny team they're getting Jameis back but I'm not convinced that's a, a real boost for them Jameis has been reckless with the football this year I, I'm gonna go with Green Bay in light of how Hunley played uh, I don't think they're gonna lay another egg at home and I think they understand the urgency of the situation so I will also go with Green Bay I'm not that confident. I'll go 65 on the Packers. I'm I'm more of a conservative better. Sage, you're like the guy who goes to Vegas and lays down hundred dollar chips on the roulette table. I mean, this. Well, I
0: have nothing to lose is probably the biggest issue. We probably should put something, a, a, an annual thing on this. <laughs>
1: I'll I'll brainstorm. You know, it's it's almost better if you put a negative prize for the loser versus a positive prize for the winner because you know i mean make each other get a tattoo or something or, or like go do stand up at a comedy club all right next pick lions at ravens both teams 6 and 5 baltimore's favored by 3 i don't know what you're going to get from from the ravens week in and week out uh stafford's coming off kind of that ankle tweak in the thanksgiving game i i assume he's going to play though uh who do you like in this one
0: do you know how many yards the Ravens are average passing for this this year?
1: Average passing yards per uh, game? It's got to be less than 200. It's got to be
0: 165. Oh my gosh. 165 and Joe Flacco is making 25 million dollars a year. Uh yeah, I, I the Ravens. I'm I just not not a big fan. Their defense is very good, but I'm gonna go with the the uh, Detroit Lions in this game. They're 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 both fighting for the playoffs. Should be a good game actually, but I'm gonna go with the
1: Lions in this one. I will take Baltimore because I like their defense. As you mentioned, I don't think Stafford's gonna be able to move very much. That was not an that was not a good ankle sprain that he experienced. And sometimes those things can get. More debilitating uh, the week after once the, you, you kind of had the swelling and the soreness act up. Doctor Sam over here, but I'm I'm going to go with uh, Baltimore in this game. I think they get the win uh, in a close one. And I'm how many points did you put on that? Did you say? Uh, I'll go 80 again. 80. Okay, you're just rolling with 80s. I'm going to go with 70. And now the Vikings and Falcons. The Falcons are favored by three in this game at the Mercedes Benz stadium, their new palace, Falcons, three game winning streak, Vikings, seven game winning streak. What's the call Sage?
0: So I'm rooting for the Vikings. Obviously I'm, this is where I'm going to uh, hedge my bets. So if the Vikings win, I feel really good about it because the Vikings will continue with that uh, number two seed in the NFC. But if they lose, I'm going to get 90 points from the Falcons in our, in our bet. So I'm going to go with the Falcons 90%.
1: Wow. I was also going to go with the Falcons. I think the Vikings are undefeated this year when I pick against them. The record keepers who listen to the show every week can go back and check. But I'm also going to go with Atlanta. Uh, I just think the Vikings are, are due for at least one humbling before this season is done. And I think it's going to happen in the next two weeks. I'm going to say that it's on Sunday against the Falcons. My final score, 26 to 20. And I hope I'm wrong. As I always say, I hope I'm wrong. I'm not rooting for the Vikings to fail, but, you know, sometimes you just have a gut instinct.
0: I'm going to go with the final score, 31-24 uh, for Falcons.
1: All right, and I'm putting 65 points on it. So we've got one difference of opinion. The Lions and Ravens game. Otherwise, we're copying each other once again. You're one game ahead in the overall picks standings at 33-15. Uh, and 15. I'm 32 and sixteen. So uh, we'll watch that game. We'll see if they come into a tie, maybe, with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and the NFC. The Eagles have a tough one. They are taking on the Seahawks on Sunday night football on the road. So that'll be a good one, too. All right. Should be a good weekend of football. All right. He's Sage. I'm Sam. Locked on Vikings. Locked on Podcast Network. Have a splendid weekend.